1: Welcome to the btosports.com racerx podcast presented by fox racing of course btosports.com I don't need to tell you about those guys anymore do I do I well I'll tell you anyways brand new mobile uh friendly website uh, new website itself uh, oem parts uh use the code pulpamex to check out to save yourself money BTO Sports ktm team of short and brayton btosports.com, I'm telling you guys, go there, buy some crap, and use the code PULPAMEX to save yourself money, great company, great bunch of guys down there, and of course, Fox Racing, the global innovation leader for motocross racewear, they continued the relentless pursuit to innovate and elevate, check out the full line of 2015 products, check out that retro crap that Muscan and Dungeon were wearing, because that's sweet, and you can buy it, it's on sale, it looks awesome, foxhead.com, visit your local authorized Fox dealer, and, uh, Love that retro stuff, no doubt about it. All right, this is the Daytona Supercross wrap-up. It's a day late, but whatever. Uh, I'm Steve Mathis, with me on the line. First off, my boss, he's a Racerex online editor. hes uh, he, he loves NASCAR TV. He loves NASCAR. We might lose him one day. The Jason Wygant.
2: Yeah, I went to uh, Daytona, and um, I don't understand. I didn't see a single car uh, take to the track besides somebody in a rental Chevy Sonic. I'm very... Mm-hmm. That I feel like I've been duped.
1: Yeah, yeah. You saw some two-wheeled race.
2: Yeah, I went in and it still had the uh, Daytona 500 um, leaders on the, um, you know, their own version of the beast, that giant scoring tower. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed that. Like Saturday morning before practice began, it still had the NASCAR driver numbers from the oh. Daytona results. Um, and then it changed into practice. I was really confused.
1: I didn't know that. So 22 was on top. Oh, yeah, you didn't see that? Chad noticed. It was cool.
2: Oh, he did? <laughs> yep. Of course he did. I mean, what is the power bill? They're just leaving that thing on for two straight weeks? Right. Like, no, it, it just doesn't run. reset. It just doesn't reset. So it off, and then when back on, it goes back to your last setting.
1: In JT's mind, 22 is always on the top. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that man, he's, he's he loves Daytona so much, he's still there, folks. Jason Thomas, how is the uh, fly racing, ATV, RC, Supercross, Daytona thing going.
2: It was uh it was really good. It was a long few days in Daytona. Uh you know, today was kind of the spotlight for us because we were title kind of sponsor for the ATV race and uh yeah, still here actually get to fly home tonight, which I'm excited about. Mm-hmm. But uh overall it's been a it's been a great Daytona trip.
1: How did Fly Racing's quad god Chad Weenan do?
2: Uh, they actually run – they're running the main event uh, in an hour. Oh. So we will see. He had a, a rough heat race. He crashed on the start, and then he just won the LCQ. So uh, but I'll be real honest with you. Uh, fly racing is probably going to win no matter what. In the ATV <laughs> race, we just have everyone. So.
1: <laughs> well, fantastic. <laughs> um, does everybody have their tethers on, or was there a quad out of control at some point?
2: Uh, I would say it was. it's been pretty under control. There have been a few – Pretty nice get-off, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the first Daytona ATV Supercross there's going to be. Uh, but for the most part, you know, the MX Sports crew does a great job of keeping the track uh, safe and, mm-hmm. and keeping what their capabilities are in mind. So I thought it's been a huge success so far.
1: Well, good to hear. Good to hear. Uh, we, G-
2: hey, I was driving oh. to the airport uh, <clears throat> this morning, leaving Daytona at uh, 4 in the morning uh, to get to a 6 a.m. flight. And three times in one hour, I heard a radio commercial for the first ever fly racing ATV Supercross. Lots of fly racing in there. They had the 4 a.m. to 5 a.m. hour blanketed, <laughs> just crushing it. So, you can, uh, a big thank you for that, that read, that commercial read, I, uh, type that up and I my fly racing desk. And that's what happens when you don't go fast enough to retire from dirt bike racing. You end up typing up commercials on your computer.
1: So, let everybody know. Which which one of you nice. two? Which now we you stayed back? You went to the GNCC on uh, Sunday. You did the RC Amateur Supercross announcing on Monday. JT, you watched yep. Monday. You worked today, uh, Tuesday. Which one of you w- wished they were out of Daytona more? Do you think? Well, he's he's not here, so of course. Right, I guess you had to stay the extra day, but you didn't have to. But you didn't have to work as much, JT. As as why Uh,
2: I don't know about that. I mean, he obviously had some serious announcing duties, but I was working. Like we had our amateur guys there. It's not like I was just uh, popping strawberries in a hotel somewhere.
1: Okay, all right. Weej, how was? I was it? at the
2: track all day Sunday and Monday, just like he was. He just maybe was talking more.
1: Weej, you went to the Supercross on Saturday. You went to the GNCC yep. on Sunday. And you went back to the yep. Speedway for the Amateur Supercross. Give me some takeaways from those three events. Did they, did they have anything in common? Did they have anything not in common? Uh,
2: I don't know. It's a trick question. Do you already have an answer, or are no, you just
1: looking for straight? No, analysis? I have no answer. I came off the top of my head. Like, oh. Give me your oh, thoughts uh, on I like, it. I, I thought you were getting at something with this. I thought you were getting
2: at something. Um, <clears throat> I want to add that I knew better than to go straight to the GNCC on Sunday. Uh, I did go to the track very, very early Sunday morning because we did have Andy Boyer scheduled to be the uh, Sunday morning guy mm-hmm. at Daytona, but I was wondering if that would happen. So I was there <laughs> for a while, then I call him or I text him, and I'm like, where are you at? And he's like, what do you mean? I'm
1: like, we're already getting started. And he's like, oh,
2: daylight savings time, damn it!
1: <laughs> so, so so it really didn't, like it, it went exactly how you went, so...
2: Yeah, I was glad I was there. So I stayed there from like 6 to 10 or something, and then I went to the GNCC. Um, uh, I have to say this. Okay, I got something actually for you here. The Supercross, and we'll get into that obviously here, but I feel like that was the most action I've seen at a Daytona Supercross in a premier class ever. Those first 10 laps were awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, The GNCC had the least I've almost ever seen, like Caleb Russell is just, it's just ridiculous now. Yep. Like I swear, he's somehow at a thirty-second lead in the first two minutes, which isn't even almost mathematically possible. And then the amateur race—it's uh, really getting good now. Like you even have the Bakersfield, California gang of mini kids now racing it. Like they pretty much, pretty much every major amateur rider races it now. And I don't know if that was ever the case until maybe last year. First couple of years were not that good, but it's pretty sweet now.
1: What did you enjoy announcing the most?
2: Uh, oh, I think mean, it's on a
1: Supercross. I mean, if
2: you're going to compare. I'm just I mean, saying. Okay.
1: Awful. I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm
2: yeah. The other two, we do our live internet show, but there's nothing quite like, you know, you know, the big stage. And, and again, we'll get into the Supercross here, but the atmosphere, much like I'm saying that amateur race has improved in the six years they've had it, the atmosphere of the Supercross on Saturday night is so much better than I think that it was back in the day. It's, I know, Matt, that you have your preference for the old rougher track or whatever, but no, I mean no. the crowd is into it on Saturday night now. The crowd is big and they are amped.
1: Well, pretty sweet. The whole thing is the road race has just gone to shit. they, for whatever reasons, I don't yeah. follow that closely, but the 200 is even part of the series anymore. It's like a club race. The road racing, American road racing, has just gone down the tubes. That used to be the premier event. That used to be what everybody was there for, and I think this is turning into a Supercross thing more and more. Putting it at night, opening the tarmac were brilliant decisions, and you're right. It was packed, man. Well, I think
2: you're seeing this, like, switchover. Is it a coincidence that there's now essentially almost five straight days of dirt bikes, you know, whatever. There's a little press day thing on Friday, and there's a pro Supercross, two days amateur Supercross, now an ATV event. Like, is it not obvious that Daytona is saying, hmm, the crowd, the money, the interest seems to be in the dirt stuff. <laughs> right. So we're going to just keep doing more days of that and fewer days of the other stuff.
1: Yeah. Well, here's the thing, though, JT. Like, it was packed. It was awesome. And the atmosphere was cool. But you go and hold a Supercross in Tampa or Miami or Orlando or Jacksonville, and none of those people show up. Oh, very few anyways. It's weird, well, right? Like, how many a... people do you think were there? Um, I'm going to go with... Thirty thousand? Yeah, and I no, think, I, think that. I if you say if even if it was
2: thirty thousand, which I think is high, are, are you going to would get that at Orlando or Tampa or
1: Jacksonville? I think you're high to think that that's high. We each just said more than that. Regardless, that's fine. That's okay. fine. If it's thirty thousand, that that they would get that at Jacksonville. They would
2: get that at or at Tampa or Orlando. They would get thirty thousand people.
1: We do you think there was more than thirty?
2: Yeah, I thought so. Really? I think it's only thirty. I don't know. I mean, thirty thousand oh. people is a lot of people. <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was more. I, I I thought it goes more to the fifty range. By the way, Daytona says fifty every year on the dot. They have exactly fifty thousand every year. I think is the that's phenomenal they put out there. So there you go. Well, the same people just come and go.
1: Um. Yeah. But yeah.
2: Oh, it, I didn't. I think it'd be more than thirty.
1: The but uh, well, well, yeah. I I mean, you're getting all the you know. And you know, people that aren't coming just
2: for Supercross because of, like, it's not just that people are just so excited about Daytona Supercross. They're coming for the whole week, and then just Supercross happens to be there. So we're going to Supercross. We do, deserve- Yeah, and don't forget, like, that the way that amateur race works, for example, like, you have a ticket to the Saturday night Supercross is like, baked into what you're paying. Right. Like, they're not dumb. They start this amateur race, and they're like, wait, if we're going to get a 1,000 riders and three or four, you know, parents, wives, girlfriends, along with them. We're going to make sure everyone also goes to the Saturday. You're right. There's a lot more incentive to check that out, maybe than just a standalone, regular old Jacksonville Supercross.
1: Was Barry Carsten at the Amateur Supercross? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. oh Fantastic. How did, how did Big Boar Barry do? Uh, he was like, how it? Yeah. But
2: I'm not contending for the win. I'm very disappointed. I only watched him in the plus 30, and I believe he got fourth. He was battling for a podium spot, but I'm pretty sure he ended up
1: with fourth. Bear dog. Just still killing it. In his motorhome, jean shorts. Bromley Suzuki, MSR geared. He'll never change. DG pipe. DG doesn't even make four-stroke pipes, but he's got one.
2: (laughs) You thought MSR didn't back motocross guys anymore, but nope. (laughs) Still back Barry. Are you, well, he's got probably thousands of sets of gear over the last 35 years.
1: Do you think you could go to Barry's Garage and get a rear brake pedal off a 92 RM125? Probably. You could. Can you imagine? I think you could g- go and get anything for anything from Barry's Garage. And if not, he could probably make it for can you. Can you imagine Barry's Garage? It's probably got more parts than any than half the Suzuki dealers in the country. Uh, I tell you what, in the country. they should
2: have an A&E show called Barry's Garage. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you're really tempting me to do a race reference films here, when we have to go to New Jersey. Our old buddy Teen Wolf is always begging me to do some work. There we go. We need to do Barry's garage.
1: There we go. Let's do it. Teen Wolf will do it. Um, pull out, pull out like one of those, pull out one of those camo seat covers from a '92 RM. Right here, got one. Right here. Pull out a bib. Do you think there's ever been a rider make more Suzuki contingency than Barry Carson?
2: Ever. No. I guarantee you there's
1: not. No, 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 no. There's no way. They got, I, would, I would bet it's, it's approaching a million. I bet you there's people says you, that know his social number off by heart. They know his address. <laughs> I would be
2: willing to say it's over a million dollars. I don't he know. He told me uh, last year, I guess, in his like heyday, his real peak, as you know, he did lead the points in one twenty five 25 East for a week. Yeah. Um, Suzuki would give him bikes that he could sell them at the end of the year, and he told me last year that he basically bought his house with, with those with but that Suzuki money from those years.
1: Barry, but yet he's a man of the people. Still, you wouldn't know that. You wouldn't know Barry. Oh no, you know. Oh no, he he would never know
2: that he's made a dollar in the sport.
1: Barry, <laughs> um, we do you ever like take a moment to step back and like think about like you're announcing the Daytona Supercross like. Is that cool to you? Or I mean, I kind of think that's kind of a neat neat thing.
2: Uh, yes and no. Uh, I was actually more oh. revered when I saw Barry Carson at my uh, hotel <laughs> on Saturday morning. <laughs> I offered to get him his continental breakfast. <laughs> I offered to serve him. Um, <laughs> he said no. But here's the thing about Daytona. This is really strange. As I said uh I think an Moto 60 show. Believe it or not, I never even went to it until 2008 when yeah. I announced it. I would be in Daytona every year but never able to go because of the other events we ran that were at the same time.
1: You were like that kid so, up against the glass window. Daytona Supercross.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, there was one year where Timmy Coons was like, hey, you guys want to go to Daytona? Follow me. And we just drove and drove and drove and drove. And all of a sudden, we're at the Georgia State Line. And I'm like, <laughs> what the hell? What happened? I never even got an explanation. Um, But anyway, here's the thing. So for Daytona, for me, like when you just watch it on TV, the track's kind of weird and it's just jammed into this really narrow strip. And
1: Mm
0: -hmm.
2: like I said, the racing was never unbelievable epic. I never quite understood the the whatever, the specialness of it until I actually went to it. So I guess that kind of messed it up a little bit for me. I didn't realize how cool it was until I actually was announcing it as opposed to like, you know, Mm -hmm. like I guess, if you watch the Daytona 500 every year as a kid, you know it's a big deal. But to me, watching the Daytona Supercross on TV didn't quite do it. You really need to experience it to, to see what it's like.
1: The uh, uh, Kevin Kelly from DMXS he did a good job uh, announcing with you, but but you and Rocket Rob together, JT, it's like a super team. It's just just, I mean, it's only eight million times better than Irv. That's it, just eight well, million.
2: Yeah, I thought it was really really good, and and they split up the track so they really at front row. Kind of vision for each section of the track, which I thought was really cool, and obviously the the handoffs from section to section were seamless. So the only real downside of the whole deal at Daytona is that for most of the viewing area, like industry seating, you can't really hear. Uh, that that's the biggest drawback.
1: But mm-hmm.
2: I'm thinking maybe if you're on the tarmac side where all the grandstands are, they you could know, hear a little bit better.
1: Yeah, thanks to NFAB, I was in a sweet, sweet suite, uh, suite, suite uh, up on pit row, and we got piped in the sweet sounds of. Bitus, Kelly and Weege piped in, so that's fantastic.
2: Yeah, that's pretty nice. I high. Had, I had no such luxury.
1: Uh, Cooper Webb was there getting interviewed. Good job. That's awesome. Cooper Webb getting interviewed. Oh yeah, Cooper Webb. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, can't believe it. Why get? Would you ever make that mistake? Ever?
2: Uh, let's just explain this. This is the end of me. Like Ben Sheetwood, who is the afternoon announcer. Interviews Alex Martin and thought it was Cooper Webb.
1: That is so good. That is so good. Al, he asked right. he asked Cooper Webb his highlight, and Alex said, "My podium in Oakland." And I wonder if Ben was thinking, "Wow, what a, what a really like uh, you know what a what a nice man." He's not going to brag about his wins at all. He's not going to brag he, about
2: all you know. wins, podiums. Yeah. all the winning yeah. podiums. Yeah. He's, yeah. Points later, but he just want to talk about one podium and supporting his teammate because I'm sure Alex said, "I'm out here, you know." Supporting Jeremy. Yeah, Alex told you know. me
1: Alex told me that he said to uh Ben that he was uh he moved down to Florida to go ride with his brother Jeremy. And uh and Ben said, Oh, that's awesome, teammates, yeah, getting together. <laughs> <laughs> Living so together. Brother right. <laughs> Alex that's great.
2: All I can tell you is I'm happy that Tony didn't race or else it would have just been a TBJ all over again.
1: Oh man. It's funny. Uh, no, it was uh, you guys did good, Weege, for sure. I don't know how you're still doing this podcast with your voice uh, three straight days of announcing of something. So got a lot more help than I used to. Hey, I uh, haven't uh, race for about four years. I was solo, so no, it's pretty good nowadays. The um, the uh, GNCC, like uh, with with um, with Mullins out, still battling a wrist injury, uh, and you made mention of it earlier. Uh, Russell's just, he's just on another level, right? I mean, Josh Strang certainly can give him a run and all that, but uh, Russell's uh, Russell's uh, Ricky Carmichael-esque this, this year in GNCC probably, huh?
2: Well, he won the last race of the year last year on a 152 stroke straight up, mm-hmm. uh, if that gives you any idea. Right. So that's all you need to know. Um, he's uh, killing it.
1: What about fifth place in the MX1 or whatever you guys call Ooh. it, XC1?
2: People were very excited. The Canadian T-Dags,
1: T-Dags. Oh, putting the Husky fifth place. Mm-hmm. Suck it, regular GNCCers. What, Suck it. Is that what T-Dags is racing this year? The no. Husky. Yeah, Husky. Yeah, but Moto. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: You know what? I think um, I, I give him credit. Like, I think it just comes down to like he's a professional motocrosser. He's just in really good shape. Um, and there's a handful of GNCC guys that are also, but I think some of them still hole up for the winter. Mm-hmm. And they come in, like, semi-sorta ready for the opener. And, dude, like, it's the most brutal race of all. Like, there's one you need to be in shape for. And I just think he wore guys down.
1: Like,
0: mm-hmm.
2: okay, I'll ride sand for three hours. I can do it. I won't get tired. Right. Or as tired.
1: Yeah, yeah, as tired, so good, I guess. Man. Yeah. Well, cool. Yeah, sounds like you, uh, you guys uh, had a blast at Daytona. Razzles, Razzles get a, a mention at all? Anything?
2: Never made it there. Yeah, times have changed. I didn't go out once. Didn't even drink. I didn't have a single drink of any sort at any point during the
1: week. Dude, those days are over for us, I think. Well, maybe JT and Chad still, but not Chad. I had a couple
2: of drinks, but they were very casual and not in any sort of party sense. It was more just, man, I need a drink. That was a 15 hour day. I
1: feel. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah. even Chad. Chad's shutting it down this year. Um, we're, it's just, I don't know, man. Those days are over. We need Grocer back. JT, get grosser. we we'll start hitting those supercross Supercross Star after parties. You know, where you can meet the stars. It used to be about the music. It did. It did. Um, an end of an era. Yeah, I think we're just uh I think we're just lame. Maybe we're all just getting yeah. old. We're just yeah.
2: The new the new guard, uh, you know, Dungey and those guys are completely washed up.
1: Oh man. I remember I used to go out all the time. Daytona was a big one, too. Daytona was a big one. Uh, cutting it loose in Daytona. But mm-hmm. remember wandering Main Street. Um, remember I remember paying... That like- was the spot. It was, dude. It was. <laughs> yeah. Remember Fernette passed out in the gutter?
2: Found him uh, buying a hot dog, wearing mustard.
1: Wearing mustard all over his shirt, and yeah, we (laughs) we lost him for a while. He was
2: wearing mustard, and there was a shirt also there.
1: (laughs) Right, and he was literally sitting in the gutter. Those were the times. Anyways, um, Daytona Supercross. Yeah, so let's talk about that a little bit, um, 20 minutes in, and we'll get to that. Dunge uh, won his first um, Daytona Supercross, which is kind of amazing, and he he did it in a nice manner, extending his points lead. I guess first... uh, we uh, owe me an apology. Nah, not really. But um, looks what? like looks like Kenny Roxon's gonna miss some races, which I had said if he's continuing to struggle, they should pull him out. And you said, Nah, they'll keep him going. But I guess. Oh. The, the, yeah. Um,
2: your definition of struggling was like seventh and eighth, not laying down like he had been shot. <laughs> by I JFK. know. Yeah, I know. Started, like, literally looked I like
1: a sniper hit him. That's why I'm saying not really. I'm I'm kidding. But yeah, th- that was weird because. I mean we thought it was his we knee. Thought he, was dead. he just laid he was just laying there. He wasn't moving. <laughs> yes. yes. Um really kind of a weird season for Kenny. Like uh, you know, he goes one to one of the first three races and I mean obviously he gets some more podiums from there, but I mean kind of a he never really got his magic back after that Oakland case. That was it. That was kind of what did him in. Weird how one moment JT of the series can can just turn south like that. But I guess that's what, you know, that's what happens in 17 weeks and 17 races and 18 weekends and, you know, the, the grind and stuff like that. And it's literally a, a split-second decision and your season goes from awesome to poop.
2: Yeah, and there are so many of those, you know, split-second decisions, like you said, during a season. I mean, literally hundreds, if not thousands of uh, decisions that can make or break your year. Mm-hmm. And as riders, you take them for granted because they're just ongoing all the time. And the smart guys that are at the front of the races, they tend to make the right decision all the time, so you don't really notice it. Maybe if you watch the V and C practices, you notice it more because there are guys literally flying off the track nonstop. Yeah.
1: Uh,
2: but with these these guys that you pay attention to, uh, they just seem to do everything right so often that it's kind of a shock when they when they don't do something right. So in this case, with you know we're learning more and more about Rock, deal, but. The Oakland thing was obviously much more severe than we thought. Uh, and then the Atlanta, you know, the Atlanta crash was one of the scariest crashes I've ever seen. Uh, and then it's just been, you know, it's just been a downward spiral ever since Oakland, but we're just mm-hmm. kind of getting a little more insight as to
1: why, I guess. Uh, if it was me, I'd, I'd pull him out for the rest of the year. You know, uh, screw it. I mean, you know, it's going to take two to three weeks to, with a walking boot on from what I hear, to uh, to rest and get better and... At that point, there's three races left or whatever. Weege, I just pull him out for the year because you got a motocross title to win.
2: I'll let the doctors decide that one. I would think that's the direction I would go.
1: No, thanks. Thanks if a he, lot. If he
2: sits in a walking boot for three to four weeks, I am 100% on board with you, Matthew, that he should wait till hang down.
1: Yeah. We'll see. That's, that's my opinion. Um, so it was, hey, it was a good race. And years from now, scholars or bench race people, will take a look at the results, Weege, and they will see Cole Seely in a fourth. And they'll go, oh, that's a nice ride for Cole Seeley. Um, but, hey, he could have won the thing. He was so good. He was he was passing Dunge. Uh, Shorty was in the lead, passing Dunge, goes down, gets up. I don't know what he was. I should check the lap results to see how far back he fell. But uh, and then he comes back to fourth. Cole Seely might have been the surprise of the night, and that's saying a lot with a lot of surprises. And that's saying something, but... Cole City was awesome. Uh, yeah, when he fell, he got up in seventh. He got back to fourth.
2: He definitely was awesome at that stage. I mean, it was blowing minds. Like, he closed up on Dunge, and then it was like he wasn't going to take no for an answer. You could almost tell that he realized he was going faster and was just like, I'm going to pass him. I'm going to do it. I'm going to pass Ryan Dungey. Now, I, I mean, Short was ahead of Dungey at that point, and Dungey told me he was, okay, heard it before, kind of struggling to figure out a way to get around Short. Right. Um so that, obviously, was a factor, too. And I think, let's really go down. Was it like eighth lap, seventh lap, something like that? Yeah, yep. Yeah, so, I mean, Dunge is the diesel for a reason. A Daytona's rough and gnarly. I mean, there's no guarantee that Dunge wouldn't have just worn everyone down anyway. I mean, the last 12 laps were pretty darn good for him. But still, like, just to have that kind of speed. Yeah. And what I noticed, I think, that the ceiling thing is... I'm, I'm, actually, I'm going to swing this over to JT. I'm going to ask you this. I heard more riders talk about how... Chad said it. Sealy said it. Although you think Daytona is like it's just the nasty, rough man's track where you just muscle the bike around. I'm hearing more guys talk about if you're a guy like Sealy or Chad who's smart and technical and can hop over things and line Mo- lines.
1: Or Moosecan. Moosecan, another guy yep. that, that dominated. Moose-can,
2: exactly. JT, I feel like I'm hearing more guys say that actually being smooth and technical is almost more of a help than the old Jeff Stanton days at Daytona. What do you think? Yeah. And I wrote about breakdown. Uh, this was the topic of it is you really, really had to be patient, uh, with the track. And we were talking in, in, the, in the Motorsports Truck before the, uh, the night show about how that was going to be because you could watch guys. Um, Tomac was it's really notorious for it, but they just try to beat the track in its submission and they just try to be so aggressive. And, and a lot of times that works. uh, but I don't feel like it was the most efficient way. Uh, you know, the way the grass and the soil there kind of comes together, it creates these pretty nasty acceleration hole. And you can't just get in there and just grab a handful of throttle because the bike is so stiff. The square bikes are set up so stiff. They won't, they won't soak that up under acceleration. They're just way too
0: rigid. So
2: you really have to pick lines and be patient and let the bike work underneath you and then be aggressive once you can actually apply the power. So, that's, that's really what they're talking about is, is being smart enough to give it gas when you can and not, you know, kind of not when you can't, if that makes sense. Uh, and you could kind of see that, you know, and, and Dungey was a master of it. Sealy was doing a great job of it too, just the, the crash kind of uh, was a letdown as far as him being able to display that uh, clear, clean air. But uh, they just basically were trying to allow the track to come to them and, and not force it. You know, you just there was a, there was just an efficient way to ride it, and sure that the overly aggressive way works at some, act, you know, was second. But I just think there there was a little bit better of a way, and and Dungey and a couple guys were doing that very well. Uh, I think Sealy and Chad both were doing it, but obviously they had uh, untimely falls. So mm-hmm. Dungey was kind of the the victor of that whole thing.
1: Odd to see Chad throw away what I think was two podiums with two sort of dorky crashes, JT like. Yeah, and I think
2: it's uh, I think it's been a combination. The Atlanta one was a little bit weird. I think he got a little frustrated that he let Pike around him, or not. I, I shouldn't say that. That's a discredit to Pike, but I think he just was mad at himself for not you know being able to keep Pike at bay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then this weekend, it, it, I believe it was just full frustration uh, at trying to get around short. Right. Uh, cause he could see the lead there. You know, he could see Dungey there, um, and everyone. You know, I and as you guys were talking about at the beginning, I don't think I've ever seen a uh, 450 bike main event that is that bunched up ever. I, I can't remember ever seeing in the modern era a 450 main event that bunched together. Uh, like on lap five, you know, they were still all just in a pack there.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So I think Chad saw the win possible. You know, he was in position, right, but he knew that he had to get to the front because Dunge had already made his move. Then I just think he I think he forced it. He tried to get really aggressive uh, in that second rut, which was wasn't really a rut, it was more of a, a little bit of a small berm and he just pushed a little bit harder than the berm would hold and just did another donut.
1: Yeah, yeah, tough to uh tough to see Chad do that. Not a guy that, to normally kinda do that. But yeah, like you said. Uh what about what about Short and Pike? If wege, if you're look, Shorty had a hard time getting to the race. He got in at four in the morning, had to fly like some prop plane uh after after Delta uh F'd him over a bunch of times, Delta airlines. Um, but, uh, if you're short and he was coming off a a food poisoning, uh, Atlanta too, and if you're Pike, you know, he's got an MCL issue in the knee. He's got this foot, uh, broken foot with the plate and screws in it. He, both of those guys got tired and went backwards from, from first and second to, um, eighth for Pike and 12th for short. Weege, are you okay? I mean, is it still a good race for it? I mean, obviously, I've, you know, David Villeman writes a column on Pulp, and uh, he writes about how, how, that you know, that's not good. That's not a good finish. It's not good to, to lose that many seconds to uh, to Ryan Dungey when you're that many ahead of him or whatever. But what's your take on those two guys doing what they did? Do we give them thumbs up for the brief glimpse that we saw, or do we say, come on, guy, you got to get in shape?
2: Uh, I think I give them the thumbs up. Um, I thought it was awesome. Like, how fun was that? With Short in the lead and all those guys battling behind him. Like, mm-hmm. anytime Short does something cool like that at this point of his career, yeah, I think everybody's rooting for him. You know, he's an older guy; everybody respects him. And I think it's just like one more time he pulls that out. And I think everyone in the stands is like, he's probably not going to win, but this is awesome. I love Shorty mm-hmm. and Pike. I feel like almost has that kind of uh, following for different reasons, but 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 similarly. And I think what all this really shows is that, I mean, Daytona. It might not be as gnarly as it used to be, but it's still freaking gnarly. So if you are up front and you want to pin it, like I'm not I'm not sure that, say, Dungy who won the race, I don't know if Dungy is going full 100% sprint all the way. Like there's probably a some level of I need to manage my energy reserves to a degree. So mm-hmm. if you want to not manage your energy reserves for eight laps, you can go faster than Dungy. Uh You won't do it all the way to the end. Right, so I don't know if it's just an in shape thing. Uh, I always say you know you can run or you can jog or you can walk for thirty minutes uh you're going to get more tired doing one than the other, so dodgie's at a jogging pace, like in shorter at a running pace right It's not like they're not in shape, it's that they have to try harder mm-hmm. to go that fast. That's a factor
1: yeah, no, I mean look i I, I tend to agree with you, you know it was it was they did what they could for as long as they could, and they ended you know they both dropped back a ways but it was still pretty cool of them to run up there, you know?
2: So. Well, and, and you're dealing with two different situations. Too.
1: Uh,
2: you know, Shorty was coming off food poisoning. Still didn't feel like he was at 100% strength yet. And then, obviously, the, the whole drama ordeal with his flight, he was just, he was a ball of stress all day Friday. And, <laughs> obviously, didn't sleep very much Saturday night because they were in a plane until 3 or 4 in the morning. So, I don't think it was, you know, nobody was just thrilled that he dropped back to 12th or whatever he got, but... The fact, you know, and I, I look at it from a business side with, uh, you know, the company I work for sponsoring him. Would I rather him lead for 10 laps and get full, or would I rather him ride around in seventh the whole race and then move up to fifth at the end? Of course, I would rather him lead. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't care what place to get. If you're going to tell me that he's going to lead after the race, that's fine. You can pull off. That's fine. <laughs> I don't care at all. So You can pull that's off. That's what, you know, that's, we, we're all, all the companies are paying these riders to get. Eyeballs on their product. That's what it comes down to. And both of those guys accomplished that. They got sponsors excited.
0: You know, there's no way
2: that Toyota and NFAB and all these people that sponsored the JGR team weren't thrilled with Pike's ride. Maybe they were, you know, a little bummed out that he dropped back, but they were thrilled for a long time. And I guarantee you they were talking about that late into the night.
1: How about Pike and the whoops? (laughs) Just ridiculous.
2: Uh, I mean, next level. He was the best guy in the whoops, bar none, (laughs) period.
1: Oh man, that was awesome! It was uh, yeah, it was pretty cool to see uh, Trey Kennard, Brock Tickle going down on the first turn, both of them twenty first and twenty second on the first lap, and uh, Kennard comes all the way to sixth. Tickle gets to tenth with the best lap of the uh, of the night. Uh, pretty impressive how we each for those two guys.
2: Yeah, Trey was on a mission, but we kind of seen him in that position unfortunately too many times this year. Maybe not down and that's the last, but with a bad start and blazing yeah. forward. But uh, the Tickle one. Uh, did it, you think anyone on Earth, except maybe the truck driver who's videoing for the team, saw this epic second lap he must have put in, which was the fastest <laughs> of the race, but he was in dead last of the time? Did, right. Did anybody think anybody saw it?
1: mm I'm guessing uh, not. I'm who, guessing not, right?
2: Yeah. Just in the history books. Like, the record shows it. No witnesses. Uh, <laughs> I, I wish I had seen it. Because here's the thing. Like, Tickle had some momentum coming in, but I didn't feel like in practice or the heat race or anything like that, that he was really killing it. So right. when I saw that he had come from last attempt and had that last time i was like wow i wish i had seen it but i really never saw
1: i was noticing him but you were busy announcing of course
2: well keep keep in mind too and this is not anything against tickle but you know at the the beginning of the race the track is going to be at its best it just gets worse and worse and worse and worse in a 20 lap main event with 450s on it so we just talked about how all those leaders guys were bunched up together they really couldn't go the speed they wanted to because they were waiting on each other everywhere. Not a lot but you're waiting. If you're in a pack like that you're waiting on people. You're waiting on people to get into the turn. People are cutting across. There's a lot of waiting that goes on when you're in a pack like that. So tickle was able to go wide open and I don't know that you, you know, maybe he was still at the best lap but I don't feel like those guys were able to just do to basically put in 100% in, um, at the beginning.
1: So, in, in Weege's world, this is called clean air.
2: Yeah, and I used that reference uh, a minute or two ago, oh. but uh, that's for sure exactly what the the case was. And that and I hate to say that because that sounds like I'm trying to take it away from Tickle, but I'm you are. trying to explain why that
1: may have happened. Yeah, you are. Okay, well, uh, or, uh, hey, uh, Tomac. Uh, Tomac was good. He was uh, solid. How about that wheelie? <laughs> I don't know what lap that was, but fourth gear, probably maybe third. Just pulling a big wheelie like that. That was awesome. That's the thing about Daytona. It kind of gives you these moments. Weston Pikes, whoops, Tomac's wheelie, you know, these type of things where you're like, wow, that's impressive. Good job by Tomac. James Stewart's wall. James Stewart's wall. Stewie would have aired those two walls out all day long. No way. All day. No, No, I'm kidding. You ever seen the commercial
2: where they say words really can't hurt you and the DN sign drops down and it knocks you out the horse? No. Geico. Geico commercial, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's what would have happened yeah. if he tried to jump that wall.
1: The Honda? Would have hurt? The Honda sign? yes, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, sure. hey, hey, and uh, Blake Baggett, third place. JT, you should be walking home right now, according to a lot of people. Uh, but uh, people don't realize, yeah. oh God, and we talked about it a little, little bit on Pulp last night, but you always, always, always said it was excluding Daytona. But yet, that, yeah. That,
2: the first day we ever talked about it, that was uh, the deal. I'm like, there's no way I'm taking that bet at Daytona because he's right. next level guy. Like he just crushes it at Daytona. So I would never, ever. Yeah, I, I I would. You know, never do that. And it's not like I was trying to put him down in the first place. I just thought it was. You know, I thought he would struggle much more than he has. But I knew deep down at Daytona he was going to be right in the mix. Yeah, and I wasn't guaranteeing it by all means, but I certainly wasn't willing to bet against it.
1: Yeah, Weej, i went to go try to find him after the race. I couldn't. He had. There was actually a press conference after uh, after Daytona, which is unlike the other failed races. Um, what did he have to say? What did Blake have to say at the press conference?
2: Uh, I actually tried to talk to him, or I did talk to him even before, to try to get some fantasy insider info. Um, and I was asking him, what his Daytona, annual Daytona bump would be worth? Would it be good enough to get him third? He would not say anything at all. And then finally after the race, he revealed, because he didn't know, because he said everyone thinks that he's good at Daytona and outdoors, but he had never ridden a 450 outdoors uh, pretty much ever. So he really didn't know what would happen. And I don't think actually in the past, in his 250 days there, he was just just – ridiculously blazing fast. Uh, Any one of those seven guys who were battling were as fast as each other. Uh, He was just uh, really more consistent. He didn't crash like the other guys did. So congrats on the podium, but it wasn't the, the typical Blake Baggett performance like, they yeah. started the show talking about Sealy, for example, and how fast he was going. But back, it was just more consistent.
1: Yeah, if you want to look at more like impressive, like Sealy was more impressive. I think Reed could have easily podium. Kennard was blazing out balls out fast. You know, there, there's three yep. guys that I think could have beat Blake if things had gone their way, but they didn't. And good job by Blake. So, so.
2: I'm willing. I'm willing to go out on a limb and say that Sealy would have won that race.
1: That's a big limb, but really, oh, yeah. I mean, hey, yeah,
2: I do. I, th- I think so because I was. As the race was going on, you know, it, it, the action started to slow down a bit, so I was paying attention. You know, I was, you know, all these thoughts were going through my head, and I looked back at Keeley, and I started looking at the times, and he was still drunk. Like, there was no drop-off, and he was moving forward, catching guys still, full charge. So yeah. I, I don't think, I, I just, I felt like his pace was good enough. For Dunchy, wasn't going to be able to just out, you know, go faster than him. And then I didn't really see any drop-off from Stewie. I, I just think he was feeling it. If he gets by Dungy there, I think it's off to the races.
1: Hey, do we know um, – is Michael Lessie okay?
2: I Looks like he so. knocked himself out or – or Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: I talked to Genova, which I know you wouldn't be allowed to uh, – well, oh, you're allowed to talk to Genova, I guess, right? I'm
1: allowed to talk to Jenova. I wouldn't talk to Genova though. Like, I just okay. – I should just – I feel like the best thing for everybody involved is to just not have any interaction. I'm just okay. – I've made that decision. And, and, do you agree with me? I just think it's just – No hot tubs for you. What's that? No hot tubs for you. No, I know. I just feel like it's the best thing for everybody. Just let me yeah. – <laughs> I, I agree. Uh
2: he, I saw him after the race real quick. He said he doesn't think he has any major injuries, just sore, and that's what the press release said. Sure seemed like a lot of alarm and caution and panic with red and yellow flags out there. Yeah. Or just sore.
1: And you want to talk about, um, you guys th- talked earlier, and you were right about the top guys being bunched up. Well, that actually helped quite a bit, Mike being down there and everybody slowing down. And some guys took advantage of that and went maybe a little faster than other guys you know, in that area. So well, did you see?
2: Did you see when short went to the left of the group? I thought for sure Dungey was going to make a move there, just unintentionally. Right. Because short right. went outside. I'm like, oh boy, what's going to happen here?
1: Right. And right.
2: Dungey, to his credit, just almost came to a stop. Like he literally, yeah, walked wh- up the brakes to make sure that he didn't pass short. There, when short kind of went to the left.
1: Yeah. So it was
2: pretty interesting. But, but because of that. All the guys then were even more bunched up because they all almost ran into the back of the Right, so pretty interesting.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. Anderson gets another top ten finish. Uh, good job by him. Kind of a quiet night, but seventh place, nothing wrong with that. Uh, Millsaps gets a ninth. Good job by him. Um, tick, uh, Grant falls out of the top ten for the first time I think in three weeks, so gets an eleventh. Uh, Partridge uh, Lemay Lemay made a return on the Husky. You had a prim- you had him in fantasy, didn't you, JT? I did, yeah. Yeah, so you're very happy about that finish, or how did that? How did that affect? Oh yeah, yeah, it was great. Yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, great. I'll take it.
2: Scared well, me to death though, because he went from third to fourth and almost fifth on the last lap. I mean, it was just yeah. an epic meltdown. Yeah. And I was literally screaming <laughs> at him to go, and the people around me must have thought I was a complete psycho, which is fine. Right, I'm
1: okay right. with it. But hey, uh, Weed, you know who's having a rough, rough few weeks, maybe month? Jake Weimer. Jake Weimer.
2: Yeah, and you know, what, you know what makes it almost worse? It's been exceptionally bad now, but it wasn't amazing before. it. I think he got ninth once. Did he get ninth in Phoenix? Yeah. I think. Yeah. Uh, you know, we had him on your show, and I happened to be out of your house, and it seemed like things were really turning, and he was – but then you look at it, and he's just back there in the teens, and now he's in the 15 to 20 range now. Like, it's just mm-hmm. not that good. Uh, and honestly, even in the qualifiers and everything, I haven't yep. seen almost any highlights whatsoever.
1: Sure. Yeah. JT, I agree with you. No. Not looking that good either. JT, you've been there. Nope. This is this is, an, and we see it all the time. It can flip the other way, where you're a guy like Baggett, and you're growing confidence, and you're getting better results, and everything's turning your way, and you're you're killing it. But then it can go the other way, where it's just you don't you get hammered one week, hammered the next week, and I don't mean like drunk; I mean crashing. I was going to say, what is this? <laughs> 2008. Right. No, this is Chad. You get hammered one week when you win the race, and then you get hammered the next week you win the race. <laughs> but um, no, and like it doesn't. It just keeps compounding because the races there's no breaks and they they don't stop, and you just get in this rut, man. Well, the biggest thing I see from him is he just he needs to stop
2: crashing. Every time I watch him, he crashes at least once in a race. At least once. In the main events, it's, it's been usually two times that he'll crash. He'll, yeah. he'll crash, a little one, get up, try like hell again, crash again,
1: yeah. pull off. Yeah, they're not huge crashes. They're not like cartwheels. They're just... just yeah, no, but they're yeah. ruining his race, and there are multiple of them. I mean, yeah. it's, it's just really consistent. I don't know if he's just
2: trying too hard because he's frustrated. I, I don't really know or have an answer, but I, I can certainly diagnose the problem. and that's, that's staying off well, the ground. Yeah, no doubt. I like Jake. I hope he figures it out. I do, too. I, I, don't, I don't know of anyone that doesn't like Jake, but it's been tough to watch. And anyone who's who's would tell you different is lying to you.
1: Yeah. At Weege, uh, Barsha, looks like he's going to be out a little while longer. That's one of the news that we got from the weekend. So, looks like. Uh,
2: yeah, it's almost like that injury is becoming what it probably should have been in the first place. I mean. Right. When we first heard he crashed, I think, was it the Thursday before San Diego? Yeah. Um, it was like he barely escaped death is what the you yeah. know, it sounded like, yeah. and then it was like, no, no, he's good, he might even ride this weekend, <laughs> and then it's like, no, he can't ride this weekend, but it, it shouldn't be that well. Now it's like it all came true. Right. Uh, kind of like he rocks an ankle, like, we right. thought he escaped. Lucky with that case at Oakland, and it's turning out that he didn't. Yeah. I mean, broken pelvis parts, That that's
1: not good. No. That's not good. How about now, I, I feel
2: like a lot of heat for this, uh... I I told uh, Chad and and Berner and these guys that, you know, Barcher was hurt and it wasn't good. Uh, And then, you know, when the word came out that he wasn't hurt badly and possibly racing, I took an unbelievable amount of abuse via text message about this and that I'm not a journalist and I should stay out of that side of the court and I'm an idiot and yada, yada, yada. And now I'm happy to report that I'm not stupid and I have been reminding them that. Possibly hourly. (laughs) (laughs) Good for you. That's what you need to do sometimes. Yeah, I feel good about it. I'm going to go out a little bit because I can't even relate to you how much heat I took about this. And every time that Barsha's not out there, and and what I do every Sunday is I ask uh, how Barsha did. Uh, I wasn't watching closely. Was he riding well? Right. Uh, You know. (laughs) How's he, how's he looking over his time? Chad, to right. see him
1: out on the track? And um, I haven't got a
2: response yet. This has been going on for nearly a month
1: now. <laughs> well, Nicoletti, Nicoletti's been doing a good job. Qualified out of the heat again, right, this weekend? am I? Did I remember right? I think yeah, I, so. yeah, I think he yeah, did. At least yeah, yeah. A- yeah, again, he qualified out of the heat. Told me after the race that uh, <laughs> if there was a noose on the track, he would have hung himself from it, which is actually maybe a first that I've ever heard a rider tell me that you know filling is always uh, smiling upbeat attitude so
2: to try to jump this wall from the honda thing would have probably done the job
1: right yeah, exactly yeah. um hey let's take a commercial break here on the uh, bto Sports.com RacerX racer x podcast presented by fox racing we'll come back after this commercial to listen to listen to race tech by the way uh, this race tech commercial save yourself 10% at racetech.com and we'll be right back on the uh, on the podcast hey thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com RacerX racer x podcast presented by fox racing Racetech, people. Racetech.com. These guys have been in business for over 30 years, supplying racers, riders, and tuners with factory-level suspension and everyday racer. There's a lot of top suspension guys in the pits that got their start with Race Tech. Trust me on this. There's more than a few guys that have learned underneath Paul Feed and gone on to uh, to great things. Paul Thied, the original suspension guru. I guarantee you eh, probably 82.7% of you people listening to this podcast need some sort of suspension work. Whether it's uh, just a simple oil change with new bushings and seals, give your bike some love. Whether it's the right spring rate for your weight and or speed, or maybe you just need some revalving on the machine to uh, help you uh, take first place in that Chicken Licks Raceway. Something something, uh, on your bike needs attention for race tech. I guarantee you, Freeze, Gilmore... Some of the guys just using uh, Racetech Privateer Proven. They work with uh, Ben LeMay also. They're back with Ben LeMay. And uh, they offer a full line of Racetech high-performance springs. These springs are called high-performance because they're extremely lightweight for their rates and feature the tightest tolerances in the industry. You want to save 10% at uh, Racetech? Go to Pulp MX 2015 when you order. You can save 10% at Racetech.com. And they're uh, proud sponsors of this podcast, and we thank you guys all right. And we're back! Uh, Sports dot com Racer X podcast presented by Fox Racing. We I was thinking during that commercial break that uh, do you think maybe some you know I mean obviously Prater in general from Feld they were there at the uh, at the race. Do you think they heard you announcing? Maybe thinking you, you're going to pull you over to the regular Supercross series and, and you know put you right in there with Irv and kind of seamlessly try to integrate you into the series. Do you think?
2: Yeah, probably not.
1: Oh, okay.
2: All right. I don't think uh, – this is the eighth <laughs> year I've done it. I haven't gotten a phone call yet.
1: Okay. I was just checking.
2: Um, <laughs> yeah. No. I actually, I have to admit, uh, I appreciate what you guys are saying, but there are certain things. Um, there's much, from what I can tell, I've never done the live announcing NFL event, but I did the webcast, which is somewhat similar. Um, for better or for worse, they produce their shows a lot more strictly. I mean, they Daytona it's hilarious. They're like, can you show up at 1130? Can you? Up at eleven thirty on Saturday, <laughs> so we can have a meeting. And then the meeting is literally like five minutes. And so they're like, "All right, well, we'll see you guys at six You it, know what you're doing. It blows me away because and,
1: it blows me away because I'm yep. like, "Hey, when when do you announce? You're like six 30?" Like, <laughs> I'm like, "What?"
2: Yeah. And we have no uh, radio communication at all. Like, I'm wearing a headset during the night, but that's actually just to hear the other announcers. It's just the FM broadcast that anyone could listen to. Right. Um, there's no say this or do this or you have this much time to do that. Nah, none whatsoever where I believe on the felt side, I mean, they've got every second,
1: Well, you know, you I mean 30 seconds of this, five seconds of that. You would think Daytona Speedway, I mean, this is Daytona Speedway, would be really gnarly. I, I would really think that. Yeah, this, isn't, this isn't a local fair race. No. Um, Meanwhile, but, like, uh, so they, they there got,
2: are okay. things that I noticed that I messed up, I have to admit, I don't think anyone would even know what it was, but there were things that I was like, man, if I had someone telling me how much time I had before the gate dropped and stuff, I could have done this or that. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I'm sure it sounded good in the outside, but I know that there's things that Fell does by refining this show every week right. that makes it even better.
1: You uh you're at six thirty to ten. Irv, meanwhile, is just like a mule. Just like a rented mule. He's yeah. on at nine AM and he's done yeah. at eleven PM. And maybe that's why Irv's mistakes per sentence are so high. He's in he's in it's his me. he's in his glass booth for that long. Talk, <laughs> Irv. Speak, Irv. Who's next? Hashtag Um Hey, uh, At one point, Ir- Irv was there. You guys saw Irv, right? I I, yes. I missed him. No, I missed him.
2: Oh awesome. yeah, I saw Irv and Ben Sheetwood discussing things between practices. <laughs> <I can't.
1: laughs> Sorry.
2: Not yeah. touching that. I'm not touching I
1: it. I can't speak. What do you think was going on? <laughs> what,
2: I thought, John, I'm I'm nothing, man. I'm just telling you. I'm just giving you I'm just stating a fact. <laughs>
1: Oh, can you imagine them discussing the state of the sport? No. (laughs) Okay, I'll move on. um, Hey, uh, uh, (laughs) you you rattled me. What was my next (laughs) point? Um, Oh, I know. Who was that guy you kept talking to repeatedly from Honda? Yeah, who was that guy? (laughs) Who was was that guy? Making fun of me. Who is that guy?
2: You guys don't know that him. That's, that's Keith Keith Dowdell. He's been a Honda forever because it's Honda's race, right? See, I think it, it wasn't so weird. It used to be, um, it used to be, uh, uh,
1: oh. um. <laughs> Bill Savino. Bill Savino.
2: Yeah, sorry, it was our buddy Bill Savino, who we're all friends with. So I think it seemed more seamless. Like, oh, they're talking to Bill. Bill's from Honda. Bill's the press guy. It's Honda's race. Oh. I get it. But, yeah, But used to talk to Savino but Savino's in R&D now, so he's not really the racing guy. So Keith, who I think is part of their contingency and stuff, was the guy to pump Honda all night long.
1: I mean, it seemed like the – okay, look, I know I say Tony Supercross by Honda. I get it. But JT, didn't it seem like a little too much? Like we're going back to the Honda guy for his thoughts? I thought he was an announcer. <laughs> yeah.
2: The, the weirdest thing is in the times when you're, you talk to him after, say, you know – uh, Marvin Booscamp wins the heat race. And then it's like, what did you think of that? Honda guy. <laughs> I mean, that's where right. it has to go. And then in the end, he hands out the trophy on the podium. You know, Ryan Dungey, congratulations. You won the Daytona Supercross by Honda. It's always, always funny how that works. Or, or Chad won a heat, didn't he? Didn't Chad win a heat? Yeah, he did. Yeah. 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 So I'm like, this is the irony of the Honda guy congratulating Chad after like they had like a bad breakup two years ago. Um, that's I, I that's just... how the Daytona works.
1: No, I, I'm all for, like, you know, obviously they're a big part of the event. It's all for sponsors, no doubt, but I just thought it was, like, weird. You're throwing it to the Honda guy over and over. Yeah. And, hey, there were massive. What was really helping.
2: What, the, what was really helping is he said all the bosses were, like, up in a suite. He's like, they can see me up there, and they're texting me, and I think this is awesome. <laughs> so it was really working.
1: Hey, now, listen, I know you're tight with Kevin Kelly, DMXS Radio. He's a good friend of yours. Uh, I get that, but oh, yeah. you said to me that there's a chance you could get me in there. Did I? You did. You did. Like,
2: that would have, have been a horrible mistake.
1: What if you could get me in there? What if I got a live mic?
2: This is another example of what I'm talking about Was like, where Feld really takes, you know, all these meetings and everything. They basically just said, uh, Paul Page isn't available this year. Just tell us who you want, and we'll hire him. Like, they didn't review it. They didn't ask around. <laughs> right. like, I could have just random. So, yeah, you could
1: have said it. If Kelly, if Kelly does a great job, he announces a lot, and he's better at it than I am. But if something happens to him, like say a refrigerator fall on him or something, maybe I could get in. Can you imagine me live announcing? You would do it. You would do a one-off. Oh, I would be terrific. I would love it. You are such a loose cannon. No, I would promise that I wouldn't be. I, I I'd I'd be good. But I to to announce a Daytona Speedway, that'd be like such a cool thing to say you did. Like that's why we I'm kind of blown away. I asked that question earlier, and you're like eh. Whatever, but to me, it's like, I don't know. you know. Let's throw out a situation. Let's throw out a scenario. JT, let's throw out a scenario. Last couple laps, the 250
2: main. Davalos. <laughs> 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 oh, the adjective to, to describe Davalos' race, as he drove by Steve Mathis, would be just next. It, it would just... no,
1: was no. I would be fine.
2: Davalos out there pulling a Davalos. <laughs> Everybody, give Martina
1: a hand. <laughs> I think uh, I think he looks a little tired, folks, but that's just me. That's just me. We've seen this before. Hey, Bobby Hewitt, he's stealing your money. He's stealing oh, money, oh. Bobby. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> okay, maybe not. Maybe I'm not allowed to announce. By the way, though. there's potential, we think that I uh, – I think there
2: might be a shot for Mathis to announce at the Nationals this year, but he doesn't want that for some reason. What's
1: the difference? No, I just I, w- I would just want to do a one-off. I do not want to do twelve rounds, you know, and, and announcing. I'm very busy at the Nationals. I got lots of things to do, so you know I wouldn't want to do it every weekend. I did it one time at Unadilla, and I enjoy it here and there. But to to do Daytona Supercross, like that's pretty cool. I'm surprised that you're just you just think that it's not that big of a deal. We just pretty, I think it's pretty awesome, right, JT? I mean. Well, he does NASCAR,
2: so hmm. let's put this- exactly.
1: exactly. Yeah, I guess. Exactly. Uh, yep. All right, hey, look, uh, uh, let's move on a little bit. We gotta get going. Two fifty class. Uh... Hey, if you start, if you blow up a NASCAR, NASCAR, can we like, do you get an
2: honorary like doctor, like Dr. Jerry Punch? I don't even know. Is he really a doctor, or is it just like a yeah, what an honorary type thing? I don't know. <laughs> is he like? If if, if, a, if there's a medical complication on a plane, then they say they're a doctor here. Is he qualified?
1: No, he's really a doctor. I read he helped somebody out one time. Somebody had a heart attack is that, in is the, he the... like Doc G? No, he's not like Doc G or Doc Walk or Doc Wobb or Dr. Seuss or any of these dudes. He He's a, really a doctor because I think someone had like a heart attack in the booth or something or like there was something happened... On pit row, maybe, maybe a pit, maybe a pit crew member. Something happened, wow. and Doctor Jerry Punch, Punch was a doctor, like he stepped up. So he really is. All right, I take it back.
2: I yeah, take it back. I just wasn't that sure was the exact, how that worked. He the exact scenario I was talking about. I'm going to look this. I'm going to Wikipedia. Doctor Jerry Punch. Go on.
1: Yeah, yeah. Look at it. Check it out. So, okay, two um, fifties. Jeremy Martin was your pick, JT, for the win. Uh, Muskan uh, killed everybody, though. And Martin, Martin, I was surprised he didn't get Bogle. I, I really thought he would at least get Bogle. He took a while to get going, but uh, what'd you, what's your thoughts on the race in general?
2: Uh, I was surprised only by the fact that I thought Jeremy Martin got tired. That that was the literally the only thing that surprised me about that race. Because I feel like Muskan is overall the best guy. I, I predicted Martin would win. Um, I knew Vogel would be on the podium but mm-hmm. the, just whatever happened with Jeremy Martin and I'm still not positive that he got tired because I I don't think that's a likely case but I, I don't have any other explanation it certainly looked like he got tired it just wouldn't make a lot of sense to me uh, knowing what we know about Jeremy Martin so until I have more information I'm I'm forced to think he got tired and that's just a, a really strange development
1: yeah I mean yeah, it was definitely not J Mart's uh, greatest moment. I mean, he rode well, third place. Let's not, yeah, let's yeah, not. But he, yeah, but he was catching Bogle. Yeah, for catching him, and I'm like, okay, here we go. Is, right. does he have enough to catch Muscan?
2: That was my only question. Yeah, him catching Bogle was not really something I was debating. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's not fair to Bogle, but that's that, that's the yeah. honest truth. I was just like, man, does he have enough to catch Muscan? Because Muscan had got a gap. Right, and then it was just kind of like nothing. He just had really nothing to give there, and I was just, uh, yeah, I left, I was a little let down, not going to lie,
1: oh, a little wow. disappointed, Okay, uh,
2: a little unsatisfied.
1: Well, maybe he'll get you a card this week to make it up or something. <laughs> um, but that would be nice, that yeah. would be nice. scan rode great, killed him. Um, RJ Hampshire won a heat race, looks like R.J. is coming along a little bit, like obviously he was crashing the opening round, and then he was, uh, something else happened to him too uh, since then, but coming around, RJ... Pretty good ride by him. Fifth place. Maybe. Did, maybe. Did, you, did you see Jeremy Martin's last couple laps of that heat race? Yes. yes. They, were, they, they were incredible. He was on that, that, fire. That, <laughs> yeah.
2: That makes his main event even more troubling or just weird because mm-hmm. I was awestruck with Jeremy Martin's last couple laps of that heat race. Right. Weege, did you but, f- I mean, great job for RJ, but wow.
1: Dr. Jerry Punch update, Weege?
2: Uh, yes. There are some very epic stories here. Are you ready? Yep. Um, yeah, he is a real a real doctor, uh, worked in an emergency room in Florida. Um, <clears throat> this is awesome. Are you ready? This is the old days in NASCAR. 1988, Rusty Wallace crashes. Uh, the car rolls into pit lane. So as pit reporter, he turns into a doctor, revives Wallace, who was unconscious at the time, <laughs> and then Rusty Wallace drove in the race later that day.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: how we do it back then.
1: <laughs> oh, you're a hours. And then
2: ago. he drove. Yes, Wallace was initially that is, unconscious following the practice session crash, but he was able to start the following night's race with only minor injuries. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, and, and I'm sure I'm, I'm
2: guessing that he would have a tough time passing the concussion protocol after dying earlier that day. And it is in modern day racing, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's no you're, you're uh, racing tonight, huh? Yeah, I died earlier, but I'm fine. Yeah, there's stories of NASCAR guys um, having their eyes taped open to be able to race because they were so concussed. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> that's, that's how it worked back then. Uh, here's another one. Ready? Punch was addressing the Nashville Super Speedway media luncheon when he was interrupted by a loud crash in the back of the room. He rushed from the podium to the back of the room where the daughter of singer and country star Vince Gill had fainted. Oh. Punch revived his daughter. She was taken to a local care center, and then he returned to the luncheon to resume his speech.
1: <laughs> doctor Jerry Punch, wow, <laughs> phenomenal! This guy needs a, this guy needs like uh, some kind of sitcom spinoff. You know, I uh, I put uh, I checked doctor on my Hertz card, so my Hertz card says Doctor Steve Mathis. <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> and, and so I just wanted to see like what would happen, and so like because there's no really Hertz does not need a diploma or anything. They just will just take your word for it. So my card well, says Doctor. You know, Chad,
2: Chad Reed was Chad Reed was knighted in Australia, and there's there's no chance in hell that he could joust or challenge anyone right. to a duel or rescue a damsel in distress. He's not doing any of these things. So the Jerry Punch, Doctor Jerry Punch thing is uh, a breath of fresh air in that department.
1: Yeah, and I got called Doctor one time, one time in you know whatever the last six years, eight years, whatever it's been. One time a lady on the phone was like, "All right, no problem, Doctor Mathis." And I'm just like, "Yes, yes." Um, hey, uh, or, hey, by the way, uh, uh, Davalos faded really bad at Daytona. So just, just again, just wanna put you, put that out there for yeah, you guys. Just drive that hammer home. Yeah. Just, uh, once again, uh, a okay. rod did well. Kyle Peters, seventh place. Jimmy D sixth place. A couple of great finishes by those guys. Jordan Smith made his first main event, and got 12th. Uh, Luke Reslin was, was fast too. Lost some spots, um, near the end, I believe, but good job by Luke. Um. Yeah, we might be to something here with Jimmy D. I think this might be something. It might be, right? Yeah.
2: Right. He was at Razzle yeah. Friday night. I give him that.
1: No, are you kidding?
2: Me? Oh no! I, I had confirmed sighting.
1: Please don't say that. Don't don't say that because I, I made a joke about that and I got in big trouble from Jimmy D.
2: I wasn't joking.
1: Oh no! Well, good job for Jimmy D. Then.
2: Drinking uh, <laughs> water and hanging out, but. Right.
1: Uh, Weege, Savachi, what's your take on him through the first uh, f- uh, four races or whatever it's been? I think he's
2: in the uh, eh
1: category. Oh, man.
2: Okay. I mean, yeah, I mean, eh has certainly not gone over well. I mean, he's been good, but I'm sure if you ask him, okay, it's Bogle, Martin, and Moosecan, basically the guys battling for the podium every week. Uh, I don't think he'd be pumped on that either. Uh, I think he could maybe do it. He just hasn't put the pieces together since Uh, since uh I'm sure. I can't imagine he's excited, you know, yeah. about the podium the last three races either.
1: No. what about Mitch Payton's team right now? Tonus has something oh, going on and wasn't able to race. And Hey, this is getting a little serious here for these guys, the Pro Circuit Kawasaki team.
2: Yeah, I agree. It's getting agree. It's, tra- it's worse. It's trending worse each year,
1: really. Yeah. Adam sincerillo get back ASAP for for the yeah. outdoors. Um, but, yeah, definitely a tough, tough, tough go for the PC guys that are so used to doing so well. Yeah, I mean,
2: well. going, going into it, did we really think they were going to win, though? Because
1: I, I I didn't. I thought it was a well, can we long get some, shot. can we get some podiums? Can we get a lot of podiums?
2: Yeah.
1: I mean, I, I, I mean, feel
2: like scan was the favorite over those guys. So that's one. Vogel's the defending champ. So I didn't think Savachi would beat him. And then Jeremy Martin's the defending outdoor national champion. I don't know. I mean, I guess yes, you would expect him to jump in there at some point, but they certainly weren't the favorite to be on the podium.
1: Bo uh, got a podium at the first round and Martin got fourth. Other than that, it- those three guys have been on the podium the last three races. Right. So we have one and I would
2: guy- think those I mean those are the th- those three best guys. They're just mm-hmm. better. So
1: I don't see that turning around anytime soon. Seriously, though, can we talk about Davalos? I know you're dying to. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I've said it, what I have to say, but Weege, how's Davalos' season going? I thought well, – okay, let me say this. I thought he was past being Martin Davalos. I thought he was fixed last year, and it was a tragic accident. It wasn't his fault that caused him to lose that title. But I really thought he changed his stripes. More spots?
2: Me, me too. I mean, obviously that was a pretty devastating injury, not just it would it cost him a title, but it was a long, long, long recovery process. But I'm a little worried now. Okay, he's only got four Supercrosses left to try to turn this around, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't – I literally almost don't even remember him racing nationals. Does he have any, any yeah, results yeah. that are memorable races outdoors at all that anyone remembers?
1: He goes good don't. at Washougal. I think he made the podium at Washougal one, yeah? Really?
2: Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm just fast-forwarding here, and I'm, I am don't know if he's going to turn it around outdoors. So if he doesn't do it, it's, it's hard to believe. There's only basically four races left on us in a way for him to prove himself. So here's my question. If he continues where he is right now, and then outdoors doesn't go well, will the ride come to an end? Or does he have a multi-year deal? Is he have a multi-year deal? I don't know. Is that why he switched? I would think so. I would think so. I would think so. I think it's probably switched teams, wasn't it? Like he could have gone back to right? He was a finish, pretty sought right? after guy. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, my question is him. will the ride continue? And I'm I'm thinking it will. Alright. Yeah, I would I know that Mitch wanted to keep him, so I would imagine that he had to have gotten a your guilt. just uh, I can't right. uh-huh. I, I can't imagine Mitch was like, Nope, shouldn't have gotten hurt when uh, our bike broke on you while you were leaving the points. You're fired.
1: Yeah. Yeah, really. I I just thought he was different. He he showed he could close the deal. He showed he was in shape. And I know that injury was bad, but I mean he, he's he's riding well at these races in the beginning, and then he's getting tired and going to the back. So that tells me that uh, you know you can't hang everything on this ankle injury or whatever he's got.
2: Well, I think it's a. I think that is the underlying problem. I think you know if he hadn't gotten hurt. He had fitness last year, so his fitness wouldn't have just magically gone away. Uh, it just, uh, you know, you'd think you could have gotten into shape by now or be improving. I guess Thank is what you. I would be looking for, and we haven't really seen improvement. No,
1: uh, Mitchell Oldenburg. Uh, he was once. Was he? The, did he end up being the fastest guy in that first session? Weej, I don't remember.
2: Yeah, I think he was. We'll never know because it's an untimed, time practice, yeah. so there are no
1: archives. No, no archives. Was he was. But he came back out, got a yeah. ninth. Good job from Mitch Oldenburg. Uh, again, setting fast practice times, so that's cool. Yeah, I
2: don't. I mean, wasn't he sleeping on the track in the whoops last week?
1: Mm, yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. So this is um, Dr. Jerry Punch level. Back one week later, and well. Like got ninth in the main, so right. it's not like there mustn't have been any hill effects or nothing that crazy. But it's just yeah. Never know how
1: these things work. Um, good job by Kyle Peters. I said that already, right? Seventh place. Good, good, good ride by him on the cross team. Yep, yep. Um, hey, uh, before we go, before we wrap up, or anything else about Daytona, or are we? Are we good? I'm, I think I'm done with Daytona in every sense of the word. <laughs> it's the worst race of the year. <laughs> it's the worst race of the year. But whatever, you know. JT's got to go. The the quad main event's going to start literally in minutes. Yeah, Chad. It Wheaton. is. Yeah. Do you got to go, JT? I, I'm I'm good. Um, before we go, I want to talk about RV. RV's GP. Oh. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, nice comeback from RV. Didn't think he'd had it in him to make a podium and make a drastic change, but uh, it was hot as balls in Thailand, and he goes 1-3 for the overall. Uh, nice ride by him. Pretty surprising, Weegee, turned it around like that.
2: Yeah, I didn't expect it. To, uh, I think there's a general level of inconsistency over there that's a little weird for people that watch races over here to understand, like, there's just so many more variations week to week. So you do have guys like do what Nagel did last week, and then they're just they're just okay the next week. So, right. I mean, there's a little more variation, but I still wouldn't have thought from eighth to first. No. In one week with two days of testing.
1: Yeah. No, it was good. And
2: I, been good testing days.
1: <laughs> well, I heard from the Cowie guys that, so here's the story that I heard. They, 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 the team over there said, look, give us his 20 13 settings. So they did that. But they don't use the same ignition and they use a few different parts, but basically it's 2013 bike. Am I am I saying that right? Yeah, 2013 yeah. outdoor yep. bike that he won on. Well, in the meantime in Supercross in 2014 Supercross, they had discovered that this link they used was a lot better and RV loved it and they made a change. It was it's a stock link. I think it's back to a stock link. Um, and it worked way better, and the bike settled in the rear better, and RV couldn't believe it, and, and they just were pumped that they discovered this, and, and it worked great. Well, it wasn't on the 2013 setting, and they were like, well, I said, well, yeah, but this is Supercross, so, you know, you guys found something. And they are like, no, 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 we rode it outdoors, too, and it was way better to do this link, and apparently that's what it was. It was a magic link. It was a magic link. So they went back to it, and the link made a huge difference. Yep, apparently. Okay, so uh, I believe well, that. I mean, it yeah, yeah. controls a lot. Oh yeah, yeah. So they went th- and they said, "Oh wait, you got to run this this other link." And they're like, "Okay, we didn't know. We just asked for the 2013 setup." And RV didn't know he he was telling right. those guys at Cali like, oh, "I don't know what's going on." You know what I mean? And somebody said, "Hey, what about this link?" So there we go. That's a story I heard. Good job by and him. If, now. You know
2: what? If he thinks it's
1: better, a lot of times it is. Yeah. And what about what do you guys think of them shortening the motos and Chad and Ricky kind of on social media? Making fun of that a little bit, I I honestly thought that was a little bit out of line. Out of line. I mean, Tixier apparently fell down before the finish and was staggering and wandering around. There was another guy who couldn't finish. Do the heat? What you guys? What's your take on that? Uh
2: you know what? I think it's uh, in this day and age, they've got to do whatever's safe because, uh, you know, it's just too dangerous not to. So. Yeah. Yeah. If they felt that it was too dangerous, then they made the right call.
1: Well, exactly. We're not there, right? We're not in Thailand. We're right. not seeing these dudes falling down. But yeah. I think RV, watching it, the highlights a little bit, RV looked a little winded in that second moto. Oh, he was definitely tired. <laughs> There's no question in my mind yeah. he was tired. Which is why I kind of thought it would be tough to win, JT, why I made that bet with Coy. Because I thought, hey, you, you won the qualifying race by 33 seconds. Like, dude, those guys know it's going to be hot. They're not, you know, They're not going to go balls out. So the 30- well and,
2: and flying back to Europe and then turning around and flying back to Thailand couldn't have helped.
1: No, no. I mean I'm sure it helps his
2: speed and, and that's probably why he won the overall or whatever, but it yeah. couldn't have helped his stamina, that's for damn sure. All right. What if do you there's think- anything I know about it's jet lag? And uh <laughs> your your overall fitness and, and longevity in and a moto is, is severely affected by jet lag.
1: What's your take, Weej, on it?
2: Yeah, I, it would be so easy to just bag on the GPs for the five minute shortening of the motos, but like you said, we weren't there. And I think one other thing to keep in mind is uh, it, it, they, there's not even a place, I wouldn't think, for these guys to get used to riding in heat and humidity at this time of year at all. No. Like, if they, no. yes, I know we could say that if you went to uh, whatever, pick a national, Buds Creek last year was hot, or, uh, you know, certainly the old trail holidays are hot. But, dude, that's like July. This is March. Yeah. So. You got guys who are probably riding in freaking snow, and then all of a sudden they're doing two motos in 100 degrees of humidity. So you got to cut them a little bit of a break there. And like you said, I wasn't there. I'm not going to comment on shortening sure the motos. I don't. I don't know if it's the right call or not. But be uh, um, being tired, I kind of heard from the inside that he realizes now that he probably did go a little bit too fast, too hard in that qualifier. And then plenty of people are like, "Oh, that's ridiculous, dude. What's that qualifier race? 20 minutes? They can run. That doesn't make a difference to the day before." It's proven. These GP guys, they purposely lay back on that qualifier. It does make a difference. Remember when we had the GP at Glen Helen a couple of years ago for the first time and, like, Alessi and Townley just, like, destroyed everybody on Saturday? Yeah. That's why.
1: Yeah. No, I, yeah. and I knew that. That's why I made a bet he wouldn't win. Everyone was freaking out at the race about 33 seconds, and, and these colors don't run, and he crushed them. And I'm like, guys, it's hot as balls. These guys don't care. Let him go. Go win by 33. The motos are tomorrow. But hey, I was wrong. If anybody
2: thinks that a twenty five minute
1: moto the day before the race doesn't matter? They've
2: never competed at that level in that heat, in that no, heat for no. sure. They they just never done it.
1: What do you make of uh, RC and Chad's tweets, Weej? Little, I thought a little, uh, little lot of lying there. Well, like I just said,
2: yeah, I don't know. I feel like if you're not there, it's just hard to, to comment. Right? But, I mean, those guys have been through the wars. I'm not. It's kind of stupid for me to really have an opinion either way, but. I don't know. I just think you're just taking small pieces of information and uh, making a decision based on it.
1: Right. I just Yeah, exactly. I'm with you. Um, all right. That's it. Yeah? That good. Okay. All right. Good stuff. I think uh, he's going to be champ now, right? Is it over? It's over. It's over. They are, <laughs> it's over, yeah. They already gave him the number and one. And the one trophy. Player. Yeah, exactly. Hey, look, he's 19 down. Yeah. 19 down from DeSalle. Um, you know, he only gained one point on, on Clement, so um it should be good it 's getting 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 good for sure, no doubt about it um all right guys um funniest thing i heard was was irvin and, and ben discussing things <laughs> funniest thing i've heard all all day Strong. uh b t o dot com racer x podcast presented by fox racing Jason wygant and jason Thomas this was the daytona wrap up thanks guys see you next week yeah see yeah
0: This has been the BTO podcast show presented by Fox racing.